is it's not things are always working out well. Things are always working out bad. It's just things are always working out. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Striving and Thriving Podcast, a podcast about overcoming tough times and just trying our best to thrive in life. Today, we're interviewing my co-host, Bree, and we're going to learn a little bit about her childhood and upbringing and her college experiences. So uh, stay tuned and thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Striving Thriving. Um, Bree, why don't you start by just telling us whatever you want us to know? Awesome. Um, well, now I feel on the spot. So a little bit about interesting about me. Let's start there. Some things that Tori and I have talked a lot about when doing this podcast and kind of the theme behind it is that we both kind of have lived what would be considered a non-traditional college life and experience. So to know that that's okay, is definitely not something that was ever fed to me when I was younger. I definitely went through all of high school being like, okay, the next four years is college. The next step is college. The next step is college. Four years, bada bing, bada boom. That did not happen that way for me by any means. Um, I I forget that I don't have to like super high level this because this episode's all about me. So I um, graduated in 2011. I applied to USF right out of high school, University of South Florida. I did not get in and I was devastated. And it had nothing to do with my ability or my accreditation, like my SAT scores were fine. I was an honor student in high school. I actually find out that part of the reason, I, the reason I didn't get in is because I lived out of state. Um, I lived in New York at the time and I got some inside scoop from a family friend that if your application comes from out of state, it's automatically put to the bottom of the pile and they'll go through all of their in-state applicants first and fill their incoming class and then go from there because it's more likely that the, those students will stay in the area and contribute to that revenue, which feels so ass backwards, but whatever, it's fine. 12 years later, I'm not bitter about it anymore at all. But at the time, I had no backup plan. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, kids. It's not good. Um, I had only applied to USF and I had nowhere else to go. So I ended up at community college in central New York. Lo and behold, it was the best thing I ever did. I got an associate's degree totally debt-free, and then I stopped going to school for <laughs> a little while. I didn't really know what I wanted to major in. I had taken some recreation classes. My associate's degree is just in general studies, so I took lots of different classes, and I started to take recreation classes. I loved them. I didn't know that much about the major. I landed at SUNY Cortland for one semester. I failed out of SUNY Cortland. <laughs> I had some life stuff going on. Um, and then when I finally decided to go back, I ended up at App. That's how Tori and I met each other. I ended up in their recreation management program. My concentration is in outdoor experiential education. Simplified backpacking trips. Think great outdoors, backcountry. You know, that's kind of, that's what I did for my internship. I led a bunch of kids out in Colorado on backpacking trips and I quickly learned that for as much as I love that sector of my life, I don't know that I loved it when a bunch of 13-year-olds were following me around and I was like responsible for them. It's also an incredibly taxing field to have any kind of relationship in, like friendship, 
family ship. Mine was already romantic at the time. Kyle and I have been together for almost 10 years. You spend half your time in the backcountry, which means you spend half your time off the grid without communicating to your partner at all. And that's that's not it's not sustainable. I mean, I guess it is. Some people do it. And I, oh my God, I applaud them so much. I feel like the reason they do it is because they also have a partner in the field kind of doing the same thing and really understands what it means where I, I did not, um, no drag on Kyle for that, but he just, we, we weren't in the same field. And so that was really hard. So it took me seven years to get a bachelor's degree, all things said and done. Um, which I laugh at, even though nowadays it's it's so normal for that. I should say it's becoming more normal for that to happen. Where back when when I first started my college adventure, that wasn't so normal. Like a, a gap year was like, oh my God, you're taking a gap year? And now it's like, oh, peace out. You're taking a gap year. Good for you. Um, so that was that was kind of like step one of non-traditional all in those seven years, going from not having a place to go to college, to community college, to Kyle and I getting our first place on our own, flunking out of college, going to app, getting my degree, seven years. They handed me the Bible diploma and I sobbed across the state. <laughs> I oh. mean, sobbed. <laughs> how, will you tell us your story on how you landed on going to the out-of-state school of Appalachian State University, very far away from New York where you're living and just that kind of beautiful story because I love it. <laughs> For sure. So. Part of it is I have moved or I've moved around a lot my whole life. So the idea of change and the idea of moving doesn't scare me. It actually excites me. Um, like I said, I was at SUNY Cortland. SUNY Cortland is is super well known for their recreation program. I just couldn't be here anymore. Um the <laughs> the funniest thing about how I actually found apps specifically before I fell in love with it was a Google Google search, top recreation programs in the country. That's it. And I went, North Carolina sounds cool. So my mom and I took a trip down to App State. I actually met with the head of the recreation department, who at the time was Dr. Rabinowitz. And he is familiar with the Cortland area. So he actually looked at me and said, why aren't you going to SUNY Cortland? And I was like, well, I kind of can't anymore also. <laughs> I don't want to. It was definitely a combination of the world kind of forcing me out. And we walked around campus and I met with Dr. Rabinowitz and I I just loved it. I made that first visit, filled out my application in the car on the way home on a 10-hour drive. And I was there two months later, going to orientation, meeting Tori. And I was on campus, enrolled in classes a month later. So it was... Going away didn't didn't bother me. Like I said, it really excited me. I I just didn't know where to go to until I found app. And now, truth be told, if if I could land in if my husband and I could live live in the Carolinas, I would do that in a heartbeat. I loved it so much. Really? Oh, I've never heard that before. I, Come visit me. It's the best. I love it better than Boone, man. I, <laughs> this is great. I I loved being in North Carolina. It's it's really probably one of my most favorite places I lived and I only lived there as a student so you can imagine what life would be like adult money (laughs) (laughs) so with your relationship with Kyle you guys were long distance for those two years that you were 
studying at app um how did those conversations go in terms of you deciding that you wanted to do that obviously you applied in the car so you'd already talked about that before you went down to visit I hope (laughs) (laughs) what did all that look like for the two of you we had so I I visited quite a few colleges in the same time frame I went to Pune try again SUNY Potsdam I visited Brockport I visited New Haven, which actually ended up being not that far from where I lived in Pennsylvania. Um, and none of those programs quite clicked. So, but with that being said, they all were somewhere between two and three hours away. So it's it still would have been some form of not every day seeing each other. So we had talked about that. And when I applied to app, something that really helped us is we were we were living in our own apartment for the first time together in that time that I applied to app. So we just spent a year, I say being little adults because it always feels like house the first time that you live by yourself and you're just kind of playing. So we were little adults for a year. And then that's when I decided to go to school. I think that really helped. You know, we we had a much stronger connection than had we not had that time to live together. And really for the two years that I was app, all of that was long distance because I spent both my summers out in Colorado. So I went to App State for a year and then I went in that summer gap. I went on a 52 day long backpacking trip with Colorado Outward Bound. And then I went back to school. And then the following summer, I did my internship for 10 weeks at Colorado Outward Bound. So for us, it it truly was two years of long distance. Um it's one of the things that Kyle and I actually credit our report, our our report, our relationship to being so successful when all you have is a phone to talk to or a screen to look at. You have to communicate a lot of things without body language, without physical touch, without intimacy. And I don't even mean the extreme intimacy. I just mean holding hands and sitting next to each other. So Kyle and I, to this day, one thing that we both really believe helped foster a really strong relationship for us is being long distance for two years. I'm not saying it, it didn't have its hard times. I definitely had a time where I drove home from Mavis State. It's a 10 and a half hour drive by myself. And I was here for less than 24 hours. And then I drove back to school because I was just homesick. I was just homesick. I missed Kyle. I was like, you know what? We're just we're just going to go. We're, we're just going to do it. So it was definitely had its hard times, but I I wouldn't change it for anything. And for me, for me, you know, like one of the things my mother-in-law talked about in her speech that she gave at our wedding was we're two people in a relationship, not just a relationship. And I credit a lot of that to the fact that Kyle and I have always given each other the room to do whatever we want individually. You know, he has a soccer career that he's pursuing and... I don't know what I'm doing right now, but in general, in the past, I've been able to go to school and I went out to Colorado and there was never this piece of, oh, what's your partner going to think? And I was like, I don't even have to think about that. I don't, I didn't even ask that question because it just, it wasn't relevant to the support that we've always had for each other. So. Yeah, that's great. Um, So I don't know if you want to talk about this, but how would you describe your childhood? Like. Just just give us a little rundown of what that looked like. You moved around a lot, but I know that you had some unique life things in childhood. It's just awesome. <laughs> yeah, I had – so mo- being on the go was definitely part of my childhood all the time. Raised by a single mother, 
Um, my biological father lives in California, so I I don't see him. My stepdad lives in Florida. Great. To this day, I'm 31 years old and I still call him daddy. So like great relationship. Um, I we don't we don't see him as often though. We never did because he's just lived further away. So really, for the majority of my my childhood lifespan, my mom raised us as a single parent. We were always go, go, go. A huge part of the reason I landed in recreation management as a career choice is because we camped. Because back then, which makes me sound old, you could camp for free in a lot of places, like a lot more accessible places than you can now. Like paying for a campsite didn't really exist when we camped when I was kids. So my mom slowly like gathered all the gear from garage sales and thrift stores. And by the time my brother and I were like old enough to be little people and not, you know, chase after bears and no smarter than that, my mom took us camping. That's all we did. All we did was camp and we rock climbed. And so I feel very, very lucky that that was something that was instilled in me very young and now something that I still enjoy today. Um, I also, by the time I graduated high school, like K through 12, I had been to four, five different schools, five different schools, I think, Um, which is not nearly as traumatizing as it probably sounds to some people. I grew up being very accustomed to change and being able to adapt to it really well. So twists and turns of life don't scare me at all. They don't intimidate me. Um, Also, if anything, I would say another very special piece of my childhood that came with moving all the time and doing a lot of different things is my mom really instilled this never fail kind of feeling in our lives. Um, it wasn't a failure. It was an opportunity to learn and then do something else with that. So even, I mean, I technically did fail out of college for a semester. I was, I was put on academic probation and then I didn't keep my GPA high enough. We had a lot of family things going on, but truth be told that happened to me and it hurt and I was disappointed in myself, but I never thought of myself as a failure from that ever. I was just like, okay, well, guess we're not going to school there anymore. Let's see what else we're going to (laughs) do. That's not an option. So move on. So the, the instillment of you don't fail at life, you just take a different road. And this idea that there's always adventure to be had are two things that definitely came from my childhood, from my mom who instilled those so much in me. And my younger brother, my younger brother, who is four years younger than me, is my absolute best friend. My mom built that in for us, too. Friends will come and go. Even relationships will come and go. Even husbands aren't guaranteed, you know, like, but my brother will always be my brother and he'll always be there. So my brother is definitely my best friend. Shout out to my mom for making that happen. Shout out to my brother when he listens to this podcast. (laughs) So, yeah, that's kind of an overview of things I took from childhood. (laughs) Great. Great. How would you describe yourself as a child? You're outgoing? Were you quiet? Were you? It's so funny because I didn't feel like I was outgoing. I actually don't feel like I'm super outgoing now, which for people who know me, <laughs> Listen, I know. know you. They're going to disagree. <laughs> I'm, but it's so because I'm so comfortable with my friends and my people, you know, and in new social situations. I actually have a hard time really putting myself out there. I always want a buddy so that I can go and find comfort 
in at least one person and then kind of find where I fit in the group before I'm really my loud mouth extroverted person. But I don't I don't think anyone that personally knows me would ever consider me that way. I very much feel that way, though. I feel like the person that kind of stands on the outside and assesses the situation and then goes, oh, there's my hole. That's that's the hole I'm going to fill. I'm ready. Right. I think that for sure happened for me as a kid because I distinctly remember being the kid kind of on the outskirts, not a weirdo, although there's nothing wrong with being a weirdo. Um, I'm a weirdo in other ways. But I definitely remember kind of being on the outside, looking in, and then joining once I was really comfortable. And although I've gotten better at that transitional period happening faster as an adult now, you know, I don't take hours to assess a social situation. I take minutes now. It's still the same feeling. I walk into a social situation and I'm like, okay, this person is this and this person is this and here's where I fit. And then I become a little more extroverted once I kind of find that spot for me. Great. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I knew um, that was going to make you laugh to hear that part of me is an introvert. <laughs> I mean, but I also understand and relate. Um, so, you know, in our last episode, we talked a little bit about where you're at now in life and just, I mean, maybe, maybe walk us through like what you've been doing the last few years and like what those decisions, what, what each decision led to another, you know, like from from deciding to move to Philly and then kind of from there, like what's, what's been going on and a little more in depth. So I left to go to school to go to App State and Kyle and I full circle were living in Truxton, which is exactly where I'm living now. And I looked at Kyle and I said, Hey, I'm going to go to school for two years and then I'm not coming back to Truxton. And I said, I would like to come back to you, but I don't want to come back to Truxton. And I had no other no other stipulations because you're also talking to the person, like we said earlier, who moved six states to go to school on a whim, really. So I had no stipulation except I'm knocking back to Truxton. So Kyle is doing his own thing. I'm finishing up my internship. I've got maybe three, four weeks left to my internship. And he calls me. He's like, how do you feel about Philly? And I said, I don't really feel anything about Philly. <laughs> I did I, the only time I'd ever been to Philly is to the airport, you know, like I didn't really feel anything. He said, well, we're going to move there. And I said, that sounds great. So Kyle's career actually brought us to Philly. He had a friend who was coaching soccer there. That's what Kyle wanted to get his foot in the door. So that's what brought us to Philly. I spent almost two years being a nanny to a wonderful, wonderful little girl and her older sister part of the time. And that was great for the stability of a super normal routine. That was 7.30 to 5, Monday through Friday. That part was really nice when I first moved because I just graduated college. I had just done my internship. And everyone's like, the world is your oyster. And I was like, I don't know what I want out of my oyster. So nannying for a little while was actually really nice. It was really nice. It was also really good money, which was great off the bat because if you don't know, living in Philly is astronomically expensive but I always knew there had to be something more so I came across a position for an assistant manager at treetop quest which is a high ropes course just outside of Philly and I applied I had the interview with the manager and he said would you like to be a manager and I was like well that's your job so probably I don't know 
He said, well, we have two other locations in the Carolinas. We have a fourth one opening in right outside of Atlanta in Georgia. And I was like, oh, okay. And he sent my resume to his boss. She phone interviewed and gave me the job two days later. So the plan was to move. Sorry, I forgot about this timeline. <laughs> the plan um, was to move. It was South Carolina. Oh, oh, you're right. You're right. South Sorry, Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Their headquarters <laughs> is outside of Atlanta. You told me Greenville, and I was living in yes. Greenville, North Carolina. And I was no, like, no, you're right. What? Yes. What's yes. They're still going to be like four hours away, but closer than Philly. Sorry, keep going. No, you're right. Greenville, South Carolina, their headquarters is right outside of Atlanta because that's how I was Atlanta. So I like have this date set to move, packing up our stuff. Kyle and I are in like this weird place of, you know, what are we doing? Are we going to go together? Is he going to stay? We've been together for a long time. We're not engaged. This whole weird, that thing that adult, that young adults go through, you know? And then the world shut down. And I was actually training in Atlanta at Treetop Quest headquarters when central, like when New York, like New York City had its, had its first few days of shutdown. My boss called me. I had rented a room from someone until I could kind of figure out what I was going to do next. And she called me and she said, if I, if you could go home for the next two weeks and then come back, would that be better? And I said, yeah, that would be great because I, I don't have to start paying for this room that I'm renting then. So I drive home. Kyle and I drive home to New York to just visit his family before I leave. And then COVID shutdown took more than two weeks. <laughs> We spontaneously lived with Kyle's older brother and his girlfriend at the time for almost four months. And what a wild ride that was. In the middle of that four months, our apartment on our lease in Philly was up. So we'd go down to Philly. We'd pack up everything. We'd bring it home. I had to go drive down to Greenville and go get all my stuff and come back. And then we lived with Corey and his girlfriend at the time for, like I said, four and a half months, like on a whim. Um. So then the world is kind of starting to open back up again. And the manager that was at Philly decided not to go back to work post pandemic shutdown. He, he was um, kind of an at risk health thing, health person. And he just had too many things to, he was concerned about. So he didn't go back to work. My boss called me. She said, I called her actually. I said, I want the spot in Philly now. I don't, I don't want to move to South. I don't want to move to South Carolina if I don't have to. She said, that's great. Um, part of the reason I didn't want to go anymore is because Kyle and I got engaged in Central New York during lockdown. So <laughs> the first time showing everybody our ring was over FaceTime because that's the only way we could see anybody at the time. So we go to Philly, we get to work. I'm at Treetop Quest for almost exactly a year. The reason I switched jobs, I had, Kyle had worked at Orange Theory. For those of you who don't know, is a, is a fitness boutique. Um, they run classes, hit classes. That's all you really need to know. So we had friends there. She was leaving as the manager. She called me and she said, I want your resume. I said, I don't, I don't need a job. And she was like, I don't really care. I want your resume. I want you to be in the docket of people who, cause you'd be great at this job. And it, I mean, it took almost three weeks of her hounding me. Cause I was like, I have a job. It's in my field of study. I worked really hard to get here. It's not a bad gig. Put in my application. 
I go right through to the top. I go through all three interviews. I interview with the owner of the franchise. I get the call less than 24 hours later. I've got the job if I want it. And I'm like, well, I didn't think I was going to get this far. <laughs> so like in the midst of interviewing for this, I never put all these pieces together. In the midst of interviewing for this position in Orange Theory, Treetop Quest is paying for a plane ticket for me to fly down to Georgia and do yearly regional training. And I'm like, God, I feel like I should let my boss at Treetop Quest know I might I might not stay. I'm like, I would hate for them to pay for all of this and then me not stay. And I remember I called her and I was like, so I'm going to leave this in your hands. I have this opportunity. I don't know if I'm going to take it. And she was like, okay, we're still going to fly you down because on the off chance that you stay with us, you'll still need this training. And I was like, okay. I had formally accepted the position almost three hours before my flight left. And there was like nothing I could do at that point, you know, like I, I felt bad just wasting the ticket. And Sarah was like, no, I come. So I actually had an overlap my last month at Treetop Quest. I did nothing but train at Orange Theory as well. So I worked a butt ton of hours that month. And then I was the studio manager for just one location of Orange Theory for a little under two years. And then I was the regional manager for my last roughly eight months that I was there. So I was um, overseeing two studios, which it's so funny because I say it all out loud now and it was such a whirlwind. And now here I am with neither of those jobs. Uh, Kyle and I have been at home with his parents for about a month now. Um the original plan was for us to move to Rochester. Kyle was offered a position in Rochester and then it fell through. But I had already given notice at work. We'd already given notice in our apartment. We'd already done all these things that I was like, I mean, we could go back on it, feel a little awkward and a little bit hard to put that GD back in the box. But I, it was the, so when Kyle got the opportunity to move, and it meant I could leave my job. There was a huge sigh of relief because although I, I love the people that I work with at Orange Theory, and I love the membership base and kind of the Orange Theory family I had built, the job was so taxing. It was so, so taxing. And the second I found an out and I gave my notice, I enjoyed the job so much more for the last two months than I had in probably the last eight months I'd been doing it. So... There was this, a very clear, distinct sign to me where Kyle was like, well, we could just stay. And I was like, we can, but I can't stay at my job. <clears throat> so truth be told, it was easier for us to come home. Kyle is now currently going to school full-time online. I am working at a coffee shop. I mentioned that in our first episode. I love it. I'm not in charge. I go in. I make some coffee. I hang out with some really rad people. And then I go home. And... Although this is obviously not the end game for me in my career, it's a really nice pit stop for a little while. I pick up as many shifts as I want. I say no as often as I want, which for the record hasn't been once yet, but that's okay. <laughs> I know. I know the professionalist oh. wants to say yes, but you can say no. So many people have been like, Bree, say no, say no. 
I know you can just see the dollar signs though when someone reaches out. It's so hard. I totally yeah. that was like like I haven't had like shift work like that. Like I had it in, in college, right? With like app, you know, we both worked for EREC and I just remember people would put up those shifts and they just all look like dollar signs to me. And I was like, Oh, I could be making more money. I don't have time to work, but I should. <laughs> well, that's the irony, especially for me right now. I have so much time. Like if I'm not working, I mean I, I am working on you know, I am passionate about fitness, not only for the actual health aspect of it, but I just find it, I really love, I enjoy moving my body. I hang out with my niece and nephew who are about a year and a half and about four months old. So it's so fun to have that quality family time. And I don't, I love that, but also like, I'm not doing anything. So I might as well pick up a shift when it works and I can, um, because the other side of the goal of being home is to do things like go to Iceland for a week and not have to worry about paying for rent. And I'd like to go on another trip in the next few months. And my mom is having hip surgery in November and I can fly down for two weeks and not have to worry about requesting time off. And those are so many added benefits to what I'm doing right now. So it's, it's a catch 22, you know, like it's so great to have all this time, but at the same time, I'm like, well, mine as well work because I have so much time. So it's been a really, it's been a really huge learning experience, even just in the last month. So I'll, I'm in, I'm actually very interested to see how I feel in like three months and kind of see how that goes. I think a year from now, like your life is going to be, it's just so cool. I, I am going to like be a dork because I, I know <laughs> I've talked to you about this before, but I just love these like dramatic life changes that people are able to have. And I think one of the things that like we don't talk about enough is how blessed and lucky that we are to have had these amazing life changes. And I like want to reiterate that, that we are both like so grateful that we are in a position of, um, you know, just just feeling so lucky and being so incredibly blessed um, to have those decisions. But something that's really cool, um, I think, I don't even know how long ago it was, I, but you came, you had talked to me about this plan that you had had and like, and not even a plan, but just kind of a backup plan. You're like, you know, I kind of want to quit my job and just go live at home for six months. And like yep. home is, is with um, Kyle's parents. Yes. Yep. <laughs> just yep. Your mom is always moving around and always, so that that is home <laughs> for you. And, and I yes. would said that um but I just think it's cool that like sometimes we put these things out in the universe and it's just like maybe so much. I just said this out loud you know it's like so I know that when I still worked for the air force and I had just started dating my boyfriend at the time you know or maybe it was it was a few months in that I was like man a food tour business would be so cool in southern pines and I was like I I don't know about it man and it's just like the similar thing of like just kind of saying it out loud and being like maybe this could happen. Maybe we could do this, you know? And I think you having this downtime now, it's like in a year, your life is going to be just, I'm so excited to see whatever you come up with and whatever you create. Cause I know that you have such ambition and you're going to do something amazing. And I, I want you to start a business, but that's just <laughs> me. That's just me. Over here. I am so for starting these businesses, man. Like, I just think you have the drive and the passion and man, you could just do something so cool. Even if it's a coffee shop or Thanks. something fitness related. I don't know. I don't I know mean, what are you passionate about. Coffee fitness Starting a podcast is step one of, of true, doing true, true. you know, yes. so I, I, so you're so right. The, the funny thing is I, I did 
probably about six months ago when we were starting to talk about giving no because we had to give 90 days notice at our apartment as far as like leaving and not renewing so it was probably more like four months ago or so no I think it was it was before you moved to this place it was the last time you moved it was right after you got married I I swear that was when you brought it up maybe that's when it first came up yeah Yeah, that was like the first time you had said it like to me out loud that I had heard okay good point thinking that that was an option you're like or maybe we'll just move home like forget it maybe we'll just move home spend six months save up you know send Kyle to school like you know and then for it to to come to fruition I I just love it and I think that like it's it's just such a good thing for the both of you and for Kyle to you know just have this downtime like you know work on school and and do that because his goal is to be a coach and right He's found out like he needs a degree and right and it's, right. it's an interesting world that you need a degree to you know coach soccer it's, it's not my decision <laughs> we could have an entire I could do an entire hour of debating that for all the criteria it doesn't matter but you're right it is so funny the things that you put out into the universe and then the universe says mm, I think that's a good idea for you yeah. and it really like so one of the things that I got to experience this week is Kyle's 30th, 30th birthday was on Thursday. That's a lot of tease. 30th birthday was on Thursday. <laughs> and we went bowling. We went to the mall and we went out to dinner. And Kyle's older brother and his mom and his dad and our nephew came. And it was the first time that our, our nephew Bryson had ever been bowling. And I at one point, I really did. I was just sitting there and I was like, this is this is totally worth being home. This is totally worth being home. It was like, I know this is a very kind of non, non-traditional, exciting 30th birthday. But even Kyle at the end of the night was like, I just want to spend it with my people. And our people right now are very family-centric. We we have we have a, a chosen family that we've built in Philly. And we have chosen family like you, Tori, and our best friend, Keith, and Mitchell live out in Colorado. And we have some best friends that live in Florida. We have those chosen family it's very practical to us that we don't get to see each other as often because we're all young adults with a very busy life. But for our nephew and niece who are right here to have that time with, with family. And I, I, I just don't want to take it for granted and, and getting to take Bryson bowling for the very first time. And we had so much fun. We had so much fun. And he was such a trooper. He lasted for like five hours at the mall with not a single meltdown. And I was like, you go kid. It was so worth that. Most of the moments for me where it's been like, oh, I'm so glad we came home have been related to my niece and nephew because they're so young. And they're they're at ages that I just watching Bryson become a little person is one of my favorite things in the whole wide world. Yeah, it's so fun. So that like those most of those moments that have been like, oh, I'm so happy we're here have been related to them. There have been a few work related things where I just laugh really, really hard for like most of my shift. And I'm like, man, this is way different than what I was doing a month ago and the way I was feeling at work. So yeah, the universe gives you what you need when you when when it's time, you know, because I think when I had first thought about moving home, we didn't really have a reason. You know, I had a really good job. I was making really good money. Kyle was was doing his soccer thing. And in that time of making really good money and living close to New York City, like we've been to Yankee Stadium and we've seen games. We've gone and seen Philly Union games. We've gone to multiple Broadway shows. We've gone to multiple concerts. We were living in this mecca of things that worked really well for us at our age with the income we had. 
And then when that piece shifted, the world went, oh, this is a nice time for some other things to shift too. So <laughs> everything, everything is always working out. That is, that is my mom's coined phrase. Everything is always working out. And we repeated it in college and we've repeated it weekly since then. It's just, it's, it's amazing how much our brains and our bodies let us stress about things or how we let our our own brains you know this voice that doesn't even really exist that's in our heads that's a whole podcast but um you know control our lives and control our stress when it's really just like nothing matters and everything always works out and if it doesn't work out then that's a shift in a plan you know that's that's to do something else and I think the thing that I love about the that saying that my mom has blessed us both with is it's not things are always working out well. Things are always working out bad. It's just things are always working out. Right. There's no negative or positive connotation to that. It's just the fact that things are always working out. And when you can open end that and not attach it to a negative or positive, it's very freeing to just look at it and say, all right, well, that did work out how it was supposed to. So shout out to mom. (laughs) We miss you. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, that's all I have for you. Do you have anything else that you wanted to add or talk about life? I mean, you know, we've got podcast series after podcast series. Keep talking about you, but. (laughs) No, this has been, it's been fun. It was kind of, it was fun to reflect on some of those things and those timelines that I hadn't really thought about in a long time. I, no, I think that was that's all listeners. Now I'm so excited to talk about me. I know. I know. So next episode, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to talk all about Tori and you all can learn about her, you know, quote unquote, non-traditional college experience as well. And then we're going to have some guests on. One thing I do want to plug is if you all want to go follow us on social media or striving and thriving underscore podcast. So you can go follow us there. If you want to be a guest on the show, happy to have everyone and anyone that's willing to talk to us. And we'll just keep plugging away at making more episodes as long as we still like it. Yes. And I um, should have started this episode with, I now know the capital of Ohio. (laughs) It's Columbus and I'm never going to forget. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I learned something new from that podcast. I apologize to all the Ohioans out there. That's so funny. (laughs) Well, now we know. Well, that's listened to our first episode so far. (laughs) I am sorry. (laughs) I hope you got a kick out of it. But now it will be something we remember forever. So you're not wrong. You're not wrong. All right. Well, thank you for listening. And we will catch you all in the next episode. Goodbye.